everyone, and welcome to Deep Dive with Dr. Hines, a D47 podcast. This is a conversation-based podcast, a platform for open dialogue, meaningful conversations, and a deeper understanding of the incredible community that we have here in District 47, where we are all driven by one mission, empowering all students, learners today, leaders tomorrow. I'm Dr. Kathy Hines, superintendent of D47, and we have a special guest joining us today. Please welcome Jackie Rue. Jackie co-founded the Center for Emotional Wellness here in Crystal Lake and was a clinical consultant and liaison for Amita Health for years. Ms. Rue provides training locally and nationally on topics such as anxiety, parenting, and self-injury, and has partnered with District 47 for the past four years for our parent university and virtual parenting sessions. Hi, Jackie. Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Could we start with, could you just um, identify some topics that you present to families and parents? A lot of the topics more recently have been surrounding supporting our children's mental health, uh, stress and anxiety. School engagement has been a big one, as well as uh, helping build um, closer connections within the family, especially helping our families navigate tech. That has been a big one as well, especially since the pandemic. I can imagine getting access to tech and then being able to know how to, mm-hmm. how to figure that out. What three pieces of advice would you give parents and guardians today? I think one of the first things I would say is for so many, and I'm a parent myself, and so a lot of my experience comes from working with families as well as being a parent, all children are going to struggle. And so often as parents, I think we become so consumed with wanting our children to be happy that we forget it's okay for them to struggle. And in fact, it's during those times they have opportunities to gain skills, become more confident. And so I would say, um, number one is just remember that uh, kids are going to struggle. And part of the process of growing up is learning how to manage that. I think in number uh, two, the second I would say is, uh, and I have two daughters myself, and they're 24 and 25, I don't know how much they listened to my great advice growing up, but they act just like me in a lot of ways. And so we are our children's teachers and we teach them how to manage emotions. We teach them how to cope with, you know, different situations. And so whether, you know, it's anger or anxiety or stress, how we manage as parents is ultimately how we are teaching our children to manage. And so we talk about that often. And I think number three would really be um, think about what you say to your children uh, when you haven't seen them for a period of time, maybe a couple hours, maybe a day, maybe um, you know it's been a school day. Rather than focusing on asking your child about achievements or outcomes, focus on just open-ended questions such as, how are you? you know, really listening to things they have to say. All great advice. I myself have an upcoming 24 year old. It's a different, it's a different time frame. Yes, I have a 24 year old too, a 24 and 25 year old. You've been providing educational trainings for over 20 years. How has your advice changed from the first couple years you did this to, to now? I think one of the biggest shifts is obviously technology, right? So 20 years ago, we did not have access to tech. We had more opportunities to spend time together in conversation. I think now one of the things I talk a lot about is just trying to be present with our kids. Um, I don't focus on removing tech necessarily as much as I do bringing in conversation, 
time together, really listening. Our kids are saying, and teenagers tell me all the time, they feel like they don't have access to adults mm. without tech. They feel like everyone's busy and that when they're trying to uh, talk to, whether it's a teacher or a parent, that they feel like they're distracted. Interesting. And I would assume social media plays a role in that too. Yes. I think social media in terms of expectations for what we should look like, you know, how we should be, we should be happy, we should have it all together. And I think we know that's not necessarily true. Correct. What are some effective ways to promote mental health and well-being among our students while also looking at and addressing those academic demands and pressures that they're under? I think helping our students set realistic expectations that they're not supposed to be good at everything. You know, I was just talking to a young lady last night that, you know, it's okay to be average in some areas. It's okay to struggle in some areas. And so for so many, I think they think the expectation is they're supposed to be good. And I see a really big uh, fear of failure amongst our young adults. You know, we talk about 24, 25 year olds. I think I hear I'm so scared I'm not going to be successful. And when we really start to talk about what success looks like, it really is about developing, you know, those passions and those areas that you really care about into more strengths. When we launched our STEM program so many years ago, mm -hmm. we were using the word fail as an acronym. And it was it stood for first attempt in learning. I like that. And that I you like can't that. really learn without some some missteps, some failures. That's I like that. How we learn. What are some helpful community resources um, that you could give our parents and guardians to help them when they need to turn to someone for advice or help? I think the good news is we are having access to more and more resources, both in person and virtually. Um, typically, families will start with their pediatrician. School counselors and school social workers are always a good resource as well. And there's also numerous mental health agencies in the communities, whether it's individual therapy or finding a program for your child. There are a lot of different uh, resources. I often advise parents to seek parenting support themselves first. If they're concerned about a child, maybe reach out to a therapist, have a meeting, have a meeting with the pediatrician, just to go over some things and concerns. And it's been nice because resources have been increasing mm -hmm. in McHenry County, Yes, which has been a fabulous ad. You've partnered with District 47 for the last couple years on our parent university, and we're excited to have you back again this year to work on some virtual parenting sessions. There are four scheduled, the first one's being November 15th. Can you share a little bit about what that one and maybe all four giving a sneak peek of what might be coming this year? Sure. In the first uh, session, we are going to be focusing on engaging learners, really uh, sharing tips to promote motivation and engagement in the school setting. So many families talk about wanting ways to help their children with executive functioning as well as confidence. We're really going to be talking about some parenting strategies as well as tips to really promote that and help our learners become more engaged in school. Great. And then once we get past November and then past the holidays, then we're talking about winter and then spring. You know, our second session is really going to focus on understanding and responding to our children's mental health needs, uh, in particular stress and anxiety. I think for so many of us, we recognize that not only as parents ourselves are we stressed, but we're also recognizing that our children are, you know, having anxiety in different areas as well as uh, possibly, as we've talked about today, you know, that fear of failure. So talking about ways to support 
our children, whether it's with stress or anxiety or overall just promoting healthy well-being and mental health. Great. And then right before spring break will be a third one? Yes, and that is going to be really focusing on fostering resiliency in our children and families and really talking about ways to move from emotional reactive parenting to more purposeful parenting, recognizing those goals that we want to instill in our children, as well as focusing on ways that we can engage and create more opportunities to teach our children some key skills that will ultimately promote resiliency. Great. And then the final one is just about a week before school ends. A lot going on then. What would we be talking about in May? And this is a great one because as we go into the summer, so many families are asking about ways to set healthy boundaries around, you know, whether it's devices, more uh, setting more responsibility around chores, as well as promoting more ideas for connections within the family. So we're really going to focus that fourth session on helping to create healthier boundaries and limits in the home. Great. Um, And I guess one more thing that listeners might be thinking about, it's a virtual online parenting series. And so is this where it's all, all, they just see you? Is it interactive? What does that feel like and and experience for a listener? Yes, it is going to be interactive. There's going to be opportunities to ask questions, both in a confidential way, as well as open. Uh, There's going to be different features. And so Oftentimes, families like to bring up topics during the session. They like to bring up questions. And so we're going to make sure that while there's going to be plenty of opportunities for me to share, we're also going to entertain questions and comments from the listeners. That's great. Because sometimes people may not want to ask the question themselves, but somebody else has done it for them. Yes, yes, definitely. That's great. When you talk with parents about a a fear of failure or students not maybe even wanting to try, Mm Are there some tells that students give or phrases that you've found in your experience that they use that could tip a parent off to, it's not that they're not interested, because I would assume that's what kids Mm -hmm. usually say. Right, right. Not interested, it's not cool. Are there certain things that for parents they can tell? I think, you know, I hear a lot of um, children and teenagers say, I can't do it. I can't handle it. It's too much. You know, it causes me anxiety. And I've shifted from even using the word anxiety to, you know, what are things that are difficult for you and how can you manage? You know, as parents, we often, when our children start to struggle, whether it's they're uncomfortable or they're anxious, it causes us as parents to be anxious. And I'm sure being a parent yourself, you can relate. And I think as parents, we have to manage our own anxiety and allow our children to be uncomfortable while um, maintaining the expectations, you know, whether it's school or homework, not feeding into the avoidance. Great. Well, I want to thank you for coming in and having a conversation today, and I look forward to your parenting series with thank District you. 47. Um, I'd like to let our listeners know that the virtual presentations will be on November 15th, January 24th, March 20th, and May 15th. Um, for these dates and more information on how to attend this virtual parenting session with Ms. Rue, um, we'll have information on our website at d47.org. We are so excited to share these conversations with all of you on the podcast. Please continue to subscribe and listen to us on all major platforms and follow us on social media to stay up to date when new episodes drop.